everyone, welcome to today's episode. But before we begin, we are so over the moon excited to have the Miss USA, Kristen Dalton with us for the product of the week. Welcome, Kristen. Yay! Thank you so much for having me. I've been following Pageant Planet for years, so this is super exciting. So Stephen is on vacation, so it is all about the ladies today. So Kristen, <laughs> you have a new book out, so I want you to tell us all about it. Yay. Well, thank you so much. Uh, yes, I do. Uh, it's called The Sparkle Effect. Step into the radiance of your true identity. And um, I wrote this book out of uh, just out of my own transformation um, and also out of my story of winning Miss USA. So um, I was invited to give a TEDx talk a few years ago. And, you know, when you give a TEDx talk, it's got to be like a novel idea or something like, you know, really interesting. And I was like, what do I have to say that's interesting? And so then I was on the plane and my husband was asking me like, you know, because I wasn't a front runner when I won Miss USA. I was not predicted to win. I wasn't on anyone's radar. Um, And that night after I won, the head judge came up to me and she was like, um, hey, Kristen, I just want to let you know that after they announced the top 15, all of the other judges, because, you know, at the time, they're celebrity judges, not like seasoned pageant judges. <laughs> um, they leaned into me and they were like, hey, how do we know who to pick? All these girls are beautiful and well-spoken. And, you know, how do we know? And she goes, oh, you'll see it. You'll see it in one girl. It's the girl who sparkles. And it's in her eyes and in her smile. And then she said, um, after the commercial break, they all leaned back into her and they were like, we see, we see who you're talking about. We see Mm. the girl who sparkles. And she's like, and that girl was you. And, um, I was like, oh, that's great. You know, cause I was still on the winning high. So I was just like, awesome. Thank you. Um, and then it wasn't until a few years later after I started coaching, working in women's ministry, I moved out to Los Angeles and, you know, I was going on auditions for modeling jobs and commercial work and TV hosting. And I really started to see this, this thing that other people call the it factor. And, um, I started getting frustrated with that word, you know, the it factor, that Mm -hmm. term, because it kind of, it kind of like sets girls up to just quote fake it till they make it or to turn it on. Um, and it's just this like mysterious kind of elusive concept that leaves girls questioning or wondering. So like, are you just born with it? Does anyone have it? Can, can I have it too? Um, and that just frustrated me. And I kind of realized, so then after like, you know, I was about to do this TEDx talk, Chris was like, well, what did it take for you to get that, that sparkle effect? And so I just started delving into my personal journey, plus um, the principles and the qualities of even other women um, who've been successful in multiple fields, because it, it isn't just in pageantry, but pageantry does represent, I think, um, women in general and whatever your goals are. Um, And so I break it down um, and I call it the sparkle effect because it is attainable. Every woman is meant to have it. We're actually 
born with it. It's a matter of keeping it. And then it, and then it's also a matter of being trained up and shown how to tap back into it. Because when we are born into this crazy world, we encounter, you know, rejection and betrayal and pain and grief. And suddenly that leads to jealousy and insecurity and comparison and all of these things that cause us to dim ourselves down sometimes without even realizing it. And we got to be shown how to get that stuff out and start to shine again. Well, I love that you said that, that you can like, no matter what's happening in your life, you can always find the light once again. So that's so important to remember because we do go all go through things in life. Um, But for the record, Kristen, you were on my radar. I totally saw it happening. Um, But that's beside the point. But I I love the idea of women that are finding themselves reading this book or refining themselves, but also for contestants that are younger, maybe reading this with their mother or their father as they're developing. So this is a great book for people of all different ages. So if they want to get this book, Kristen, where could they find it? It's so exciting because this is my first traditionally published book. So they can get it on all the platforms, um, Barnes and Noble, Target, Walmart, Amazon, uh, Goodreads. Um, uh, yeah. So, um, or they could go to the sparkleeffectsbook.com and choose whichever real retailer they want to order from. Great. Thanks, Kristen. Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast, where we help you succeed in pageantry. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Hey, everyone. Jesse Ledoux, Pageant Planet's queen of coaching here. Stephen Roddy, that lucky dog, is on vacation. So I think you'll be pleased to know I enlisted the help of a very special guest. <laughs> she is former, lovely, forever Miss USA, <laughs> Kristen Dalton. Yay! Thanks, Jesse. I'm so excited to have this talk today. It's going to be fun. So, Kristen, catch us up on what's happening in life right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, um, you know, I won Miss USA back in the day. I don't even <laughs> like to say what year it was anymore. You I just did a live. And I just did. I just did an Insta live with one of the girls I competed with, um, Alicia Monique Blanco. She was Arizona uh, the other day, and she had the nerve to bring up how long it had been. And I was like, girlfriend, <laughs> we got to keep those years to ourselves. <laughs> I'm like, it's all about how you wear it and, you know, what you look like and how you're doing now. Anyways, so so since then, um, I've moved to Los Angeles. I'm married. I have a little baby girl. Her name is Aurora. Um, and I, um, well, I, tra- I do coaching called Train to Rain. And most excitedly, I mean, I also, like, work in the entertainment industry. I've, like, hosted my own show, do modeling commercial work. I run a women's ministry called She Gathers, which is awesome. Um, but... The most exciting thing going on right now is I'm about to release my very first traditionally published book um, called The Sparkle Effect. So I think um, those in the pageant industry, we are all about the sparkle. So we are going to hear all about your book today. I can't wait for people to learn more. But today's topic is one of those that it's very difficult to put into tangible language. So I'm so excited you're here to do it because we've seen you execute it perfectly so you can share it with our listeners. This is a question we get all the time, and it's how do I stand out? Because, and you and I were just talking prior to the call, it's all about um, there's going to be tons of beautiful women you're competing with, tons of intelligent women you're competing with. So how do you elevate yourself above the pack and really connect with the judges. So I know you've put together five Mm. ways to stand out. So Kristen, what's Mm. the first? 
I am so glad that you asked me this. The first question to stand or, or the first thing that it takes to standing out or releasing this sparkle or radiant radiance beyond beauty and beyond external circumstances, beyond your resume, you know, beyond your background, all of those things, the first thing you have to do is make a decision. You have to make a decision, A, that you are worthy, that you are worthy of your dream. And the second thing you have to make a decision about is what is your dream? Like why? Mm. And, you know, I'm just going to speak specifically to pageant girls because that's who's listening to Pageant Planet right now. Why are you competing? Why is this your dream? Do you feel like you deserve it? Um, what is your why? You know, and um, and then once you've made that decision, okay, like, I want to be Miss So-and-so. Um, then you've got to make a decision that you are going to believe regardless of your feelings and regardless of all the other things that might come at you that you are worthy of it. That's completely true. And so when you were competing, what were those moments for you? Like when you had those challenges and you just weren't sure which decision to make, like what are some examples of times where you were faced with decisions? Um, okay. Well, here's the deal. So when you're competing, um, or you have this dream of being Miss USA or Miss America mm -hmm. or whatever the thing is, you got to start preparing for that dream. Literally sometimes years before you ever even step foot on stage, because mm -hmm. it's all about refining that sparkle, pressing out that sparkle. And we'll get into this, but you know, um, in order for diamonds to be created, they start out as carbon in the earth's crust and then heat and a massive amount of heat is applied to the carbon. And then an insane amount of pressure is applied to the carbon. And then the carbon literally rises out of the earth's crust in the form of a diamond. And so it, it is years sometimes even before you start, uh, before you step on, on stage to compete. For me, I started preparing nine years, uh, before I competed for Miss USA. When I was in the seventh grade, I was 12 years old. Um, first of all, I knew my whole life, like I wanted to be Miss USA <laughs> since I was like three. Um, but, but when I was 12 years old, I was like, I went to this Bible study one night and the, the speaker came and she spoke to us about our worth and our value. Um, and she encouraged all of us to make a decision that night um, in the form of a letter or like a vow or, or a list of standards of um, what we are going to do to make sure we didn't get distracted on any unnecessary detours on the road to our dream. And so I made a decision that night, even though I was a new girl at school, I did not have friends. I had a short boy haircut. I did not feel pretty. My face was covered in cystic acne. So was my chest. So was my back. And I happened to be a dancer and a swimmer where your chest and your back are exposed. Um, and so I didn't feel beautiful. I didn't feel like, you know, I, I didn't necessarily feel like I belonged. I felt unseen and overlooked a lot. Sometimes, sometimes I felt like a loner, but I made a decision that night, despite how I felt and despite facts that I was going to believe that I was worthy of becoming Miss USA. And I had that long-term vision. And so I made um, a decision that night that I wasn't going to, um, I wasn't going to party. I wasn't going to drink until I was at least 21. I wasn't going to try drugs and I wasn't going to mess around with boys. Um, 
Very smart woman, Kristen. (laughs) So yeah, that is one thing you can do. You got to make a list of how do I want to live now? Like if you want to be a miss so-and-so, like there are always specific reasons for every girl, but I think one of the common underlying reasons any girl wants to win is because she wants to be a role model, hopefully. But you you got to start living as if you are a role model, even when you don't have a platform day in and day out. And I talk to a lot of contestants, Kristen, that we always talk about visualization. I don't know if you talk about visualization with your clients or people that you know, but it's important to be able to close your eyes and see your dream coming to fruition. And it's a very difficult slope for those that start out not being able to see it. They close their eyes and they see mm. other women or other contestants winning. Yeah. And yeah. it's all about, I love these you said, like, make a decision. You have to make that conscious choice that I am worthy of this title and I will do this because mm-hmm. that whole visualization process is what leads you to make those decisions along the way. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you wanted to live a certain lifestyle and you have mm-hmm. to be able to see the end result in order to get that started. Yeah, absolutely. And even you're right. Like I I have had clients that struggle with seeing themselves as that winner or that they're worthy of it. And, you know, usually there are some kind of roadblocks or, you know, lies that they have been believing that we work through and kind of debunk. Um, And so that can be a process. But in the meantime, while you're working through that process, you're just going to have to make a decision that you're going to see yourself and envision yourself winning the crown. Otherwise, it's just like, you know, don't waste your money. (laughs) Oh, my God. I totally agree with that. That is such a big one. They want to second guess everything. Like you've already invested so much time, energy, resources. Just believe it and do it. Right. Unless you just want to compete, like just for the experience. (laughs) Oh, which, gosh. which I mean, that, I guess, like? I mean, there are, you know, there's definitely a lot to learn from the experience. And I've heard girls say that's the goal. So, you know, if that is your goal, just to make friends and to, to grow and be your personal best, then that's fine too. But I, but I do think that even through that process, um, being able to make that decision, even if your goal isn't to win, you know, just to see, like, you don't know. You don't know what the outcome is going to be like. You might as well, you might as well do your best and then God will do the rest. So you said something you like help debunk doubts when it comes to like getting to that decision. Are there any other tips for executing this, this step, make a decision or did we pretty much cover it? Um, I think that we pretty much covered it because, uh, just when I was talking about making a list, I would just encourage a girl because uh, this is very important to me, and then and this will apply to our next point. But to sit down and ask yourself, how do I want to live my life now? Okay, if I get this platform, if I get eyeballs on me, if I have a position of influence, how do I want people to talk about me that were involved in the journey? Mm. Because you can't just be like, you know, you can't be one way on the journey and then win and then change. Like that thing isn't going to completely complete you or change your circumstances. As a matter of fact, it's going to turn up the heat even more. Like you're going to experience even more pressure. And um, 
other, you know, challenges that come your way. So you're going to want to have that character along the way. And so I just encourage girl to sit down and be like, what, you know, um, who do I want to be? How do I want people to talk about me because of the way that I make feel? Um, and then even ask themselves, like, what are some temptations for me? What could be a distraction? What could be a detour? Even if it's a good distraction and then make a list like a vow to yourself and commit to it. Okay. So that's, that's make a decision. So Kristen, what's step number mm -hmm. two to stand out? So, uh, tip number two to standing out comes right from making a decision. And that is to commit through rejection or to commit through the trial or commit to even feeling hidden because you know, when we make the decision, that's the fun part. That's like, Oh, like I have a dream. This is going to be so great. I'm so excited. Oh, I believe that I'm worthy, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then it's the journey after that where you're really put to the test. So you have to make a decision and then commit through the process because after the decision comes trials, rejection, being overlooked, pain, um, and sometimes not even ever um, realizing your actual goal. And so you have to stay committed. That's where character is created. That's where integrity is developed. You know, this whole process, um, it's training for reigning. So committing is very important. So for you, you told us all about the list that you made. What were some of mm -hmm. those temptations you talked about, like, or those rejections that you faced to help you stay on track? Well, um, there are a lot of things, but to keep it pageant related, um, like I said, I started, I started preparing uh, nine years before I competed at Miss USA. So I competed in nine pageants before Miss USA and in every single one I was a runner-up and one of the pageants I competed in was the Strawberry Festival Princess pageant <laughs> that sounds and delicious. I had to I had to write a poem about strawberries and uh, and pr present it on stage and I was doing my poem and I got to the middle of it and I was like, and strawberries are great. <laughs> I just totally blanked. And I'm pretty sure I just said thank you after that and walked off the stage Aww. with my strawberry basket. So that night, I'm pretty sure I was second runner up. And I was just like, you know, if I can't win the strawberry festival princess pageant, what would make me think I can win this USA? Mm. You know? And so in those moments of like, okay, if I can't do this, then how in the world am I ever going to get to my dream? But actually, I had to be like, no, 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 <laughs> this is training. This is training ground, you know, like every, and we have to, like, we have to be able to use every single life experience, rejection or failure and ask the question, what can I learn from this versus why did this happen to me? 
And that is the, that is the way more powerful question. Cause so many times we get entitled and we're like, why would this happen to me? I'm so much better. I should have been picked. Like I, you know, I was confident. I was X, Y, and Z. Do do do. What are they, what are they not seeing? What do the judges not see? Like, why would they pick her over me? You know, but that, that's like, we can't ask those kind of questions to be honest. It doesn't serve us. It doesn't do anything good for us at all. Um, Instead, we got to stay humble and ask the questions, okay, what can I learn from this moving forward? It's, it's so very true. And I'm sure you know the type of contestant where they do walk off stage and they feel like, I'm, Stephen and I joke about this phrase all the time, is that I got robbed. Mm. And I said, okay, let's, let's break it down. Let's look at each phase of competition. Let's see where maybe there's room for improvement. And then we start to take a step back. But it's so easy to put blame on others for our mm. failures. So I think mm. like to your point, you saw the opportunity to grow from that rejection versus either ignoring it or also wallowing it. So I think what, one question I wanted to ask you as you were speaking was like a very small population of people are intrinsically motivated like you, where you wake up and you wanna make your life better. A lot of us struggle mm. with that. So mm. if, if you're not the type of person like you are where you bounce back um, reasonably, how can you encourage someone who might be a little slower on that bounce back to get there? Mm. Um, yeah, you know, that's a good question because each one of us have different, um, different personality types. Mm -hmm. We all have different ways of dealing with things and processing. Um, and so I would just encourage that person to like, bring it back. Like you got to bring it back, refocus, get back in your journal, look back at your dream, your goal list that you made. Remember why, why did you create that dream? Like, why is that important to you? Um, and how would it feel if you stopped now? Like if, if you look back 10 years from now, will you regret it? Probably yes. Mm -hmm. That would be my motivation. So you said, you mentioned a journal. Is that something you would suggest that women have to like get through? Like once they made that decision, they're working through this rejection. Is that something that you would advise contestants um, to look into? I am so glad you asked me that. I am all about journaling. Journaling is a place that I have gotten so many of my own personal revelations and breakthroughs and just like processed process it's crazy like just like when you're writing down how you're feeling and what you feel like God is saying to you in prayer um how like it will help you uh process something and, and have like a, a a moment of clarity or a moment of understanding because when you um when you actually take the time to honor your process like that and like write it out and spend time with yourself and spend time with God and to reflect then that is when you get the gold nuggets that you can actually share with other people. Mm, I love that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that was commit the rejection. It's always about finding the opportunity to grow in the setbacks. Is that the, pretty much the summary? Yeah. And you know, on the subject of journaling, because like I've had a lot of girls write me and just be like, well, how do you journal? Like, what do you even write? And how do you hear from God? So I, I am um, actually, um, created a journal. It's a guided journal. Um, it's called the guided journal rise up with God. So you can get that on Amazon and it literally like leads you through, um, thought processes, um, and reflections with God that are rooted in rooted in scripture, which to me, the scripture is like super powerful regardless of your faith. 
Um, and so anyway, so there's that. And then just to uh, finalize what you were just asking me about this point of rejection. Well, I just want to speak to like, you know, I don't know if girls still listen to Pageant Planet if they haven't, you know, if they're done or if they've aged out. But I just like want to speak to the girls who are like, I never won my state pageant, you know, or I never won like my, my, my title. And, um, and it's too late for me. So, um, that same thing happened to my sister, Julia. She's, uh, she was Miss North County USA to, uh, 2015. So six years after me, but before that, uh, she was second runner up at Miss Teen USA. So she was actually successful in the pageant world before I was. Um, but the two of us together shared this dream of becoming Miss USA. Like we would, um, we would, like go up in our bonus room and play like top 40 music and practice our swimsuit walk together and our evening gown walk. And we use like a broken off trampoline leg as our microphone <laughs> to, to ask each other like the final questions. So, um, when she, so when she competed at Miss USA, like, you know, this was her dream and it, that dream got her through a lot of hard things that she went through. It was like, it was like that hope that's like, okay, well I'm holding on to this hope. And so because of that, I can get through this. Um, and so she on finals night, they did not call her name in the top 15. So not only that night did she not get to compete. She was also like pretty much hidden throughout the whole night. I was in the third row and like, didn't see her at all. Um, and I don't know, maybe that was even like God's grace, but, uh, she had to process that, you know, for, and we had to process that together for a few months, even afterwards. And some, some things in life, cause there are actually a lot of things in life we'll sometimes never understand even in hindsight. Cause you know how like we're humans, like we want to answer we want a reason for everything. Mm -hmm. We need to know like why and what happened. And we ask those questions, but sometimes they're just, they're, we're just not going to get the answers we're looking for. Um, hold on one sec. And so the, um, the one thing that really helped her was a, she felt let down and humiliated even by, even by God, because she felt like he was the one who put that desire in her heart, mm -hmm. you know? So she was like, why would you give me this desire and then just leave me like standing um, on stage? And so A, she had to for, like forgive, even like forgive God, which sounds crazy. Um, and then basically take all of the training and all the experience that she had gained through this experience and through pageantry and apply it to the next dream. And she didn't know what her next dream was, but now she's living in New York city. She is literally like slaying it in her career, um, has been promoted so many times. Like every single interview she has, she just like slays and sparkles, you know, because of that interview training that you get in pageant. So anyways, that was kind of a long winded story to just basically encourage any girl who's like, well, I never even won. So what do I do about that? Mm -hmm. You know? And I love that story. And you go, Julia. There's always something like I always, I always think I competed for, um, gosh, a million years. I started competing when I was 13. I won my my title of Miss International when I was 24. So that's 11 years of 
um, there were a couple titles in between, but a lot of rejection. And it was one of those where I needed to have faith that my time would come. And I look back and I see that all of the missteps or all of what I perceived at the time, like Julia maybe, is failures or, or frustrations ended up mm. making, like preparing me for something different. So, mm. or something greater. Yeah. Um, so it's one of those things where you have to be able to, to see that there is a, a bigger plan for each of us. So thank yes. you for sharing. Yes, that's so good. And that helps us keep the sparkle in our eyes mm -hmm. and helps us keep that radiance about us. Because when we get bitter and resentful, which I'll touch on later, that clouds, clouds the sparkle. Mm -hmm. So make a decision, commit the rejection. What is number three? Number three is stay true to the essence of you. So essence, what is the essence of you? Okay, so basically this is one of my favorite things to talk about. I get so excited. And the reason why is because, um, so, you know, birth order has a lot to do with our personality. <laughs> uh, and for me, I'm the oldest of four children. So I'm like typical oldest personality type in the sense that I want to do the right thing. Um, I don't necessarily struggle with peer pressure by... I struggle with like adult pleasing. So I wanted like my teachers to be happy with me and my parents to be proud of me. And so for me, like when I made decisions, like I made decisions based on like what was right and um, what was like, you know, um, tried, tested and true. And based on like what my parents thought was good, you know, what they approved of. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, um, I didn't necessarily, um, I didn't even necessarily know what my style was. Like, I feel like I didn't even have style. So this like even came to fruition when I was, um, choosing my gown for Miss USA. Mm -hmm. Um, like I said, I wanted to be Miss USA since I was three. So I watched Miss USA, Miss America, Miss Universe every single year. And, uh, and I like watched the YouTube videos. I knew everything about like what the girl want, how, what the girl wore when she won, like her education, you know, her goals, all of that stuff. Um, and one thing that I noticed is that usually, uh, a girl won in white. She won in a white gown. It was a very like safe color to wear. If you wore white, it was a winning color, you know? And so, um, when I won that very night, I was like, oh, I know I'm wearing a from USA because that's what you wear if you want to win. <laughs> so there was no like shopping for another gown or, you know, trying different colors on. I was like, nope, like white is right. And so I designed a white gown, Sherry Hill, and then I got to Miss USA. Uh, and then for our official, um, our official headshots with Sherry Hill and Fidel Barisha, um, that year was like old Hollywood glamour. So mm -hmm. we all wore different, like beautiful Sherry Hill evening gowns. And the one that Sherry had like pulled for me was this like peacock blue mm -hmm. color and it was flowy and I tried it on and I walked out in it and looked in the mirror and I was like, wow, I felt so so beautiful. I felt so alive. I felt like so, it, it felt like me in a gown, if that makes sense. Um, and it was like the energy in the room even shifted. 
And Sherry Hill even said to me, she was like, Kristen, you have to wear that gown to compete in. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, right. Nobody wins in blue. You can't wear blue. <laughs> like, I don't think in Miss USA had ever won in, won in blue, or at least not in all the years I had watched. So I was just like, that's not like, not even smart, you know? Um, and she's like, well, I don't know. I think you should consider it. So I, I, um, went back to my room and I mean, this was one of the, probably one of the hardest decisions I had, I had made in the sense that the stakes were very high and your evening gown in a pageant has a lot to do with the, your overall like look and your overall styling and how it represents mm-hmm. you and how it stands out and you know, all of that. And so I was just like, wow, I mean, this is it. This is Miss USA that I've been planning for. And here I am a week before the pageant. Like I'm here at the pageant and I'm like, should I wear this other gown? Um, and so I prayed about it and kind of reflected and just thought about how it made me feel. And I realized I felt so free. And so um, just even like, well, I'll get, I'll get to your essence, but I just, I felt um, just alive in it. Like I would walk on stage and feel like amazing. Mm -hmm. And so um, I just made the decision and I was like, you know, I'd rather take this risk and wear something that embodies who I am in a gown than to wear the quote right thing and not win. Um, and so when it comes to your essence, uh, there is, I encourage girls like, and when we're doing our coaching together, like we all have a, like a little girl inside of us and And then aside from that little girl inside of us, we all are like a heavenly being or a, or a spiritual, a a spiritual being really. Um, cause it says in the Bible that before we were formed in our mother's womb, God knew us, which means he came up with the idea of us. He, and he was like, Oh, that's awesome. And then it says that we're made in his image. So God has all these amazing majestic qualities and he literally chooses them, chooses which ones he's going to put into us that represent, you know, how, how we're going to, um, bear his image. And, uh, and so we get to actually discover who that is, you know, who is the, the essence of us? How did God specifically create us in the heavenly realms to reflect his image. And that is one of the most magical things. And I, I know it might even sound silly, but I, when it comes to an evening gown, like you can choose an evening gown, choose a color, choose a style that emanates the essence of you. For instance, my essence is flowy and magical and ethereal. Like I love Disney princesses and I love fairy tales and I love like everything whimsical. And so if I wore a fitted black mermaid gown, you know, that, that wouldn't represent the essence of me. Mm-hmm. So I, I talk about staying true to the essence of you, um, in your evening gown and your overall styling, just in general in life. Um, because when you do that, that's when you, that's when you thrive. That's when you radiate. Oh, and that reminded, so I hate to take humor at this point, but, um, it reminds me of that meme, Chris, I don't know if you've seen it, where it's God putting all of the traits that you just talked about into a person and he puts a part of, um, sense of humor, a part intelligence, a part beauty 
And it's like God just spilling the cup for love life. A lot of single women post this meme where it's just like, oops. And it's just all of those great things and just no love life as of now. Have you ever seen that? Meme? <laughs> I have not, but I need to find it because that is real good. I know exactly where to find it. I will send it your way so you can enjoy it. But it makes me laugh. But it just, you're absolutely right. Each of us have different things that make us unique. And I am all for that. I never want to see a girl that describes herself as um, bubbly and fun and um, effervescent show up in a really like like fully slicked back hairstyle black gown right. it just doesn't feel like that we don't want that disconnect so totally mm -hmm. true mm -hmm. that is the essence so do you have right. any exercises that someone can do maybe they're like okay well I can I hear this a lot I'm sure you do too well I can kind yeah. of like change my style like I, sometimes I like to be this type of person and I like to wear this type of clothing mm -hmm. what are your exercises that will help someone really hone in on what that essence is if they feel like they're not necessarily sure yet. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, this is something I do with my coaching clients. It's one of the best parts of our sessions together um, is I actually lead them through discovering who God made them to be, um, which takes way longer than what we have time for on the podcast. But just real quick, um, I would just have you close your eyes and silence all the voices in your head that are not of God. And imagine if you were a color, what would it be? And the first color that pops in your head, take that. Yellow. And, and then look up the biblical meaning. Well, I prefer everything I do is faith-based, but if you're not faith-based, that's fine. I would say to look up the meaning of that color. All right, I'm looking up the biblical meaning of yellow right now. Because mm -hmm. that would be mine. Yay! So associated fun. with fire, which in turn has always been associated with the purification process. Mm. Very interesting. Well, so I can totally see, Jesse, that you are fiery. Um, you're very fierce. You're very confident. Um, you're very, like, forward. Um, even in your just communication and your messaging, even your emails to me, I can, I can just like feel like you're fired, you're passionate. Um, and then uh, where yellow represents purification, I feel like Jesse, for you, like you are someone who actually helps women. Um, you like you lead them through almost that purification process of like, hey, let's get rid of the things that are actually not of you and are actually not meant meant to be a part of you. And so you're, you are a purifier because you've been purified. Oh, I have all of the goosebumps, Kristen. That was so <laughs> lovely. Okay. So that's the essence. I think that is so important for every contestant to do these types of exercises where you really find who you are. So that is staying true to the essence of you. I love that story about your evening gown. Um, and if Sherry Hill tells you to wear something, I mean, it's difficult <laughs> to say no to Sherry Hill it's true it's true you're right I know we had such a process such a um interesting you know process even figuring out my gown on, on the on the road to Miss USA um and so it was just funny that it all culminated the way that it did um but yeah and I talk all about this in my book the sparkle effect um and so hopefully girls who are listening can get you know 
get more of the gold when they read the book. Yes. So next step is have vision beyond the crown. I just totally stole your thunder there. I apologize. That's number four. Have no, vision okay. beyond the crown. So what does that mean? Okay. Super important. Okay. Like you cannot compete because you think this crown is going to validate you or give you something mm. you don't already have. Yes. Like you cannot. Um, so when, like I said before, when I competed, I, I, I wanted to be Miss USA for pure reasons because I wanted to be a role model because she was a role model to me. So it started out with like pure motives. Right. But then along the way, um, for instance, I was in class. I was in science class. I was called on to answer a question. I got the question wrong. And my teacher said in front of everyone, it's okay, Kristen, you're just a dumb blonde. What? Yeah. And so in that moment, I made this, um, that was a life-defining moment in the sense that I made this like silent vow with myself that I was going to prove to myself and to everyone else that I was smart. And so I was like, you know, Miss USA, if I win Miss USA, I'm going to be able to show her and everyone in this class and anyone who's ever thought I was stupid that I'm smart when I nail that final question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so uh, in a sense, I also wanted to win because I thought that it would finally make me feel beautiful and it would finally make me feel smart and it would finally make me feel validated. So I realized that I developed this, some, this subconscious formula that my performance plus other people's approval equaled my validation. And that is a very dangerous formula mm-hmm. because regard, it, if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And what that means is um, if you think a success or a relationship status or a financial you know, amount in your bank account or getting accepted into a certain college or getting a certain degree or getting a scholarship or whatever it is. If you think that that is going to complete you, that will also be the thing that breaks you. It cannot be the thing that completes you. You have got to know that you are already complete. You are already validated. You are already approved. Your worth is inherent because you are a daughter of the king regardless of your faith there is a creator who breathed this whole world into existence including you and you are the creator's daughter and so you are loved you it says that you are altogether beautiful my darling there is no flaw in you she is more precious than rare jewels which makes you invaluable and priceless and so we have to and girls who are listening, you have to compete for the crown from the position of already being crowned instead of competing for the crown. You're operating from a place of victory, not for a place of victory. And that is powerful. And that's not to say that if you compete in a pageant and you don't win, that you're not allowed to grieve. You are absolutely allowed to recognize that disappointment, like we were talking about Julia's experience as well. Mm -hmm. You are totally allowed to have those moments of anger and disappointment and frustration, but it shouldn't be at the level where it breaks you. 
you should recognize that there is, like we talked about already, there is going to be something greater for you. So you can grieve that moment. So it's the, the physical, the physical and the emotional strength that comes from, yes, I am, I am sad right now, but I am still, like you use the word worthy. I am still worthy of greatness. Yeah, exactly. And, and, but even if you do win, like I won and I moved to New York city the next day and I was waiting for that feeling where I was going to be like, I did it. Like I'm done. I'm approved. I'm awesome. Like I'm beautiful. I'm complete now. I don't have to do anything else. (laughs) And that feeling never came. I was actually depressed that year. Mm. And that was supposed to be the thing that completed me, you know? And so what I'm saying is we can't be completed. Um, we can't, like, even when we do win, that can't be the thing that completes us. We, are, we have to already know. Um, and so that's part one of having vision beyond the crown. Part two of having vision beyond the crown, crown is knowing, like, why you have to be able to use the crown to propel your calling, it can't, that can't be your only calling. Um, there's gotta be something else. And I, and I think that most women who compete in pageantry are like already so amazing at this. I mean, I just judged, um, USA national miss. And I mean, literally almost every 14 to 15 to 16 year old girl who walked in there had their own nonprofit. I mean, there is something about women who compete in pageantry who are just awesome and they're achievers and they're, you know, giving back and they have that vision. Um, I just encourage them to, to be doing it because they actually care about it and it's fun and they enjoy the process. And, um, it's not to like impress other people or to approve or because of pressure, because, you know, pressure will eventually break you. So it can't be from that place if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's gotta be from a place of, um, from a place of enjoyment and, and excitement and fun. Yeah. And when I, when I was, uh, when I'm working with our clients at pageant planet, I always tell them find a parallel goal that can run simultaneous to preparing for this pageant. And that way you're still working to advance yourself, improve yourself in a facet. But like you said, it takes that pressure off of you. And then I can remember when I was competing, I would always write myself a note when I became more emotionally mature in life that I would open the morning after the pageant and it would say, on to the next great adventure. And that was either a year as a title holder or it was on something else. Mm-hmm. So it's being able to recognize these other doorways or these other goals that you have that will ultimately weave together in many ways but are still standalone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so good. Love that. So have vision beyond the crown. Anything else you'd like to say about that? Uh, no, I think I'm good. All right. That brings us to number five. What is number five? Number five is never lose your wonder. And the reason that this is number five is because um, I thought about myself um, standing in the wings before um, before I walked on stage for Miss USA. And I remember in those final moments, I prayed, I prayed to God. I was like, I was like, I was like, Hey God, we're here. If this is your will, Lord, please let it be done. And, um, 
I walked out on stage so excited. I mean, even as I was standing in the wings, I was like, like kind of jumping up and down. Like, when is it my turn to walk on stage? I couldn't wait to get on stage. And I just felt so thankful, so full of wonder, so full of excitement, like it was finally here. And um, I realized, though, that I could have actually not felt that way um, if I had not done a lot of forgiving on the road to my, on the road to Miss USA or um, throughout my journey. Um, there was a lot of opportunities for me to have developed resentment and bitterness. Um, and so I just found that there is a lot of power in, in regardless of the pain, regardless of rejection, regardless of betrayal, regardless of being overlooked, regardless of feeling like a loner, regardless of not being able to trust people you're supposed to trust. Um, the power of a forgiving hurt people because hurt people hurt people. And ultimately forgiveness is, you know, it's not enabling behavior. It's just releasing a person's power over you. Mm -hmm. And then the other part is to, and, and I know that this is, you know, talked about a lot, but the other thing that was super powerful is thankfulness, being so thankful, um, for the people who did step up, for the people who were a part of your journey, for even the judges who were there that night, um, for, for the experience, just having this, like being thankful for every teeny tiny little thing, because when you forgive and release resentment and bitterness and you choose to be thankful for little, even little things, it, it releases this, like this, firework of like sparkling aura uh, from your eyes and your smile. And, um, you know, I think that there are a lot, there are a lot of women who are like beautiful and sparkly and cheerful and they seem so happy. And it's really easy for us to assume like, Oh, she's never been through anything hard, you know, or she doesn't have any substance or she doesn't have any depth. She's like too happy. Um, but actually that's not true. Like, these are women who have been through hard things, but they decided to overcome them with their attitude. And so that is why I talk about never losing your wonder, because there are a lot of people um, and a lot of situations that we might go through that will that will put a veil over our eyes and block the sparkle. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure that every girl listening doesn't allow those things and doesn't allow hurt people to... Um, to stop her from not just shining for the sake of standing out, but actually feeling light and free in her spirit and, and from enjoying the actual process. And one of my favorite analogies I've heard about that process is um, I see a lot of memes, Kristen, obviously do a lot of meme shopping, um, but it's whole, holding a grudge is like, drinking a poison and expecting the other person to die or yeah, like that's right just because you're you are being you're the one being damaged by holding on to that mm -hmm. and there are moments where we can be hurt by others or we can be stressed I mean it could be a friend it could be a stranger who knows it could be a, could be a frenemy I don't know anyone right, um, right. but regardless of that 
it's so much easier to go through life allowing those little things that even the moment mm-hmm. they might not feel so little, but looking back, they are and just saying, you know what, mm-hmm. I'm not going to hold on to this because it's not serving me. It's not yep. serving those around me. So, so good. Yeah. Grudges mm-hmm. are just like, and you're right. You just, you smile bigger. You, you light up when you don't have all of that weight holding you down. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I love that quote too, that you just said. And um, that quote is actually in my book. Uh, because it's so true. It's like we think that it's actually protecting us by holding the grudge. Like it's mm-hmm. somehow guarding our heart. But actually guarding our heart is um, it's drawing a boundary and it's letting that person keep keep their poison. You know, like that's okay. Like you can talk, you know, you can hurl that, that opinion at me, but I'm not going to receive it. Mm-hmm. Like you can keep it in your own property. <laughs> oh, for sure. I've seen, I've seen adult women get so worked up in a public space, whether it be at a pageant or in a social setting, because there's someone that they don't like there. And mm-hmm. I just, I can't even imagine living that way where I allow someone else to have that much control over my own happiness or my own mm-hmm. comfort level. So it's, you just, like you said, forgiveness is so important and it's, it's a skill that takes lifelong practice. Yeah. But once you're able to like, cause it's a, sometimes it comes easier than others. I'm sure you know that, mm-hmm. um, but oh, gosh, it is, it is so empowering when you can achieve it. You're so right. And, um, for anyone who's feeling frustrated, even by what we're talking about right now, like sometimes an offense is so massive that y- it, it does one time of forgiving the person ain't going to do it. Like sometimes you got to forgive them 70 times 70, which means basically multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to let this get inside of me. No, I'm not going to let this control me. I'm not going to let this, you know, wear me down. I'm not going to let this poison me. No, no, no. I will not let it happen and take it captive and choose in your mind. One of the most powerful things you can do, even though it is such sacrifice to our flesh is to bless those who curse us. Mm-hmm. And if you can't do it yet to the person, cause sometimes like it just doesn't call for that. Like sometimes it's not appropriate. Um, at least do it in your mind, at least just in your mind, be like, I bless so-and-so. Lord, I pray that you would bless them. And it, it honestly, I promise you, it is so, it is way more powerful to do it the higher way than to do it your way. Mm-hmm. And the five things that Kristen's talked about today, the five ways to stand out. So we discussed making a decision, commit through rejection, stay true to the essence of you, have a vision beyond the crown and never lose your wonder. Make mm-hmm. note to those listening that we didn't talk about the perfect pose, We didn't talk about nailing your turns. We didn't Mm -hmm. talk about um, having your lipstick on perfectly. These are all things that radiate from the inside out. And we talk Mm -hmm. about like new school pageantry. Like people don't, judges don't want the perfect girl anymore. They want the real person that they feel like they connect with. So Mm -hmm. like make serious observation that... The outside is certainly used. Kristen, you mentioned for nine years you practiced in your living room with your sister um, mm-hmm. about how to pose and how to talk. So of course that's a huge piece of it. But to stand out, to really like provide that magnetism to the judges, it's all inside. Yeah, you're exactly right, and and that's that's exactly why it's you. 
that's exactly why it's training to raining mm. because or training for raining because every single day is a cultivation of pressing out the diamond and choosing to rise above adversity and choosing to bless those who curse you and choosing to believe that you are worthy of your dream even when you don't feel like it you know like sometimes it, it it's that's why it's like fighting the good fight you know it's it's a fight sometimes to believe these things and to keep going when it's so much easier to quit or to stay true to who you are and not um, crumble under pressure or not live to please others. You know, those are the things that really make you comfortable with yourself. And when you're comfortable with yourself, other people will be too. Mm -hmm. So Kristen, I know you talk about a lot of this in your book. So if someone Mm -hmm. wanted to pick up your book or read more of your musings, I know you've done quite a bit of writing. Where could they find your book or find your other works? Yay. Well, I really hope you order it. It would mean the world to me. Um, uh, they could find it on the sparkleeffectbook.com or Barnes and Noble, Amazon Prime, uh, or in, in any of your favorite retailers. Um, and then I have a private Facebook group called the Sparkle Effect Queens for those who do pre-order the book. Um, and in my private group, I offer over $1,400 worth of uh, value and live coachings, audio declarations, exclusive content. So, um, um yeah, pre-orders are like soups important, and I would really love if you did. <laughs> okay, so pick up Kristen's book, join the private group once you pre-order it, so you can get all of that value. And Kristen, if they had any questions about what they heard or they wanted to work with you outside of the book or the private Facebook group, how could they get in contact with you? Yeah, thank you for asking. Um, they can go to my website, sheismore.com, um, and specifically the coaching page, sheismore.com slash coaching. Fabulous. So I obviously fangirled out this entire call. So Kristen, thank you oh. so, so much for joining us. And for our listeners, we absolutely adore you. If you found any value in this podcast, please go ahead and leave us a quick five-star review. It means so much to us. And mwah, we love you. Yay, bye!